welcome to the fourth official Premier League and World Soccer podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with anti-United fan and mm. sometimes Manchester City fan. You'd be a Manchester City fan for this week. Are we bringing, we're bringing that back? Uh, not yet, but we will. Oh. You've actually been very quiet, I think because you have all your uh, Aussie rules stuff or your rugby stuff, you know? Yeah, I'm still watching the games, but I'm usually in a car driving somewhere when I'm doing it. So <laughs> should I you can't be driving and watching. <laughs> uh, I mean, listening. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I haven't heard you much, so I haven't had to resort to the anti-United stuff. Um, but United with a ridiculous game this weekend. Um, that was really the big, the big exciting game of the weekend. Uh, there were some other big results. Because I think the league is starting to form a little bit of character right now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of going the way we think it is. I mean, Arsenal won. With though, a, did you see that? I saw a little disappointed there in my <laughs> in my boys Burnley. Yeah. Uh, usually they, usually they get the result for me. Uh, <laughs> they had more shots than Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, isn't some like statement victory here. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. Um, But the bigger surprise, well, almost as big a surprise as Arsenal actually winning the game. Brighton hanging on up in the top four right now. Putting together a nice string of performances. Yeah, last year they had their big XG thing where they like underperformed their XG by 50 points or whatever. Yeah, they uh, Brighton hanging out up top over City. A City gets a, a draw that brought up some weird banter from City fans. I'm, I'm, well, the banter was from before that match. Yeah, it started, started and, the, yeah. and then that kind of like... Doubled down, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, we'll get into that stuff. Um, Liverpool looks great still. Chelsea mm-hmm. looks great. I'm starting to pick in Twitter a little bit at the... Uh, at On Twitter, a little mm-hmm. bit at Chelsea mm-hmm. and at Liverpool fans to just kind of like see where everybody is. I'm reading, gathering information, and seeing how everybody feels, and then picking at them, you know, as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll talk about those matches, and then we'll, we'll keep trying to mold our opinion of what the league's going to look like. It's only been five matches. We'll, we'll, we'll talk through it all. We want to start with the West Ham United, Manchester United game at West Ham. Tricky game. They've been playing well, James. I mean, it's been it's been all of last season, bar the last couple games of last season, and and continuing into this season, they've they've been playing well. So David Moyes hasn't playing maybe uh, maybe the brand of football he was trying to implement at United when he was there. Yeah, it definitely has that gritty um, old Everton feel from like the twenty from like twenty ten. Yeah, they even you, have a super like a super tall center midfielder. Yeah, I mean you and you. Yeah, that's right. He's Fellaini 2.0. <laughs> that's it, mean. Uh, well, I mean he's he looks better anyway. Yeah, have but, you seen Fellaini in the Chinese league real quick? Top scorer in the Chinese league. Avi. Anyway, continue. You were saying about Moyes' West Ham. Um, yeah, I, I was going to agree with you. Like a lot, very much in that Everton mold where they're they were a tough team. They they played physically, but not like in an ugly way, like Burnley or Arsenal. <laughs> Yeah, they are. They're gritty. I think um, Antonio's rise 
as as their striker has a lot to do with that. I think yep. Declan Rice in the engine room is is superb for them. But honestly, like it really does come down to Moyes. Like, he's got that gritty team going again. You you could probably swap all these players out for his Everton teams from the two yeah. thousands and you'd see something similar in the same kind of like tough attitude. So and they're United organized. big test. Yeah. yeah. Very organized and disciplined. Um the match obviously coming off of uh United's lost in the Champions League with Jesse Lingard giving away Ooh. a pass back in the ninety third minute when they're down by a man just trying to hold on for a point. So United kind of feeling like they need to win this match to get a little momentum going again. And then City had already drawn 0-0. So, I mean, City, to me, are the front runners and everybody else because they've done it before. They'd already drawn, and there's points to be won there. United come in. It's a tough West Ham match. Now, a little bit of some contention in the match, too, I mean, with the refereeing going on. I, I, yeah, I read an article. Sucked. I mean, there was there were several there were several potential penalty incidents I yes. read an article afterwards that said the the one on I think it was on Sutek should have mm-hmm. been called and the one on Ronaldo also should have been called. I didn't see. I don't know what you're talking about the one on Sutek, but I do think if you're talking about the one that actually got called, the Shaw one. Yeah, both correct. Okay, so so the Shaw well, that, one that was correct, and the the Ronaldo one that did not get called. There were two like the seventh minute or something. There were two Ronaldo ones. One. I thought was up in the air. It would have been called last year, but we don't want to go back to last year. You know what I mean? Like, in a lot I hate of ways, that... I agree with you. Yes. Yeah, like like I hate that it that it goes like we didn't get a penalty for it for one of the Ronaldo ones where he's dribbling around the box right. and he goes down. But the second one where he beat the defender and then the guy hacked him down. I mean, it was drawn contact for sure, but he had beaten the defender and the guy stuck his leg all the way out. Well, yes, so, I, and that should have been that's a, penalty. a penalty. And to me, not calling that, it's that same kind of terrible ambiguity about what's – because next week, that'll get called. Yeah, and plus, what's VAR for, you know? Well, well, but they, they – yes, what is VAR, VAR for? It's still – they still hide behind the veil of um, clear and obvious error. Yeah. So that's still a get-out-of-jail-free card for – the inept referees that are making terrible calls in the moment. Yeah. But, I, but the thing that always gets me about it too, it's like before VAR was a thing, and I don't know why this changes the dynamic of it. Before VAR was a thing, that's called a penalty yeah, 99 times out of 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially for United. Especially for Ronaldo. Especially for Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that, that, I'm not even saying that to be like snarky. It's like, yeah. that's a penalty. And yeah. it's always called a penalty. Always called a penalty. And now, and it's not like we haven't had TV replays in the past where fans are discussing this stuff. Now even the fans are arguing about it. Oh, it's not a penalty. Oh, that's a penalty. Yeah. Like, you can't, as a defender, you can't just throw your leg out when a guy's running past you. Like, you yes. are going to get, you deserve to be punished for that. That is bad play. And that's a, like we always say, that's a foul everywhere else in the field. Yeah. And it's not a ticky-tack one either. I, I mean, I, I thought that that was a really clear penalty. And then later in the game, there was the penalty sh- the penalty shot that actually got called for a penalty. And I must be super biased because I, I was just like, this is absolutely not a penalty. Luke Shaw 
goes in to, to tackle a guy who's putting a cross in with his arm going back. But it hit his arm, clear as day, and blocked the cross. And basically... That's, that's you know, one where I'm always a little bit back and forth on, right? I don't like it when it's... I don't like when it's drilled in to someone's arm from mm-hmm. three feet away. Yeah. And their arm... I mean, they were just being a, a human being, you know, not doing anything crazy. The Like, in this case, with your arms... Out. I mean, his arm was way out there. Yeah, it was out there. And I think in that case, it's another case of like, look, you can't do that because you can't handle the ball intentionally or unintentionally is my call. Like when you make when your body is huge like that, mm-hmm. it's a penalty. Yeah, actually, Ollie afterwards, and it's easy to say because United won the game and stopped the penalty. Right. But Ali afterwards is like. Uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like he made himself a little bit bigger. I thought that was him just being like, let's not bring focus on that pen. Let's bring focus on the fact that we won 2-1 to one right. and that David, David De Gea saved the pen. Well, you know? yes, right, and a, and a great save. And, but also, like, that that's not the penalty that you are, make a big argument about. The, the no, one the, that the didn't Ronaldo get called on Ronaldo, yeah. yeah, obviously that's the one you argue. Yeah. Ronaldo scores, by the way, uh, after West Ham went up in the 30th minute on a ridiculously deflected shot. United. I, I have a question for you. Do you remember the beginning of the year? I think it was the first game when there's a huge deflection right when the ball is being shot by uh, Fred, and it yeah. was like going to be on frame, but Fred like stuck his foot in, and there was a huge deflection. But it was like the ball was going to be on frame, right? Right. Yep. This ball wasn't going to be it. on no, frame. This ball was yeah, might have gone out for a throw. And it hits Varane, who turns his back, mm-hmm. and it goes to the other side of the goal from where it was going, and it's called a goal. I, I have no idea what makes an og anymore. Well, <laughs> one, I think they just wanted to toss Fred under a little bit. He's, he's you know, he's a goofball. Yeah. Well, you know, he's Fred. He's Fred. His name's Fred. His name's Fred. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think in this case, I think they got – the uh, own goal wrong if if the own goal rules are like it, if it's going to take a massive deflection where it's changing direction completely as opposed to Fred's in the beginning of the year which by the way lost me fantasy for that yeah. week because I had the shooter I think it was Shea Adams shooting right so it was against, it was against I, me wasn't it I think I don't think I've played you yet you're the worst anyways. yeah you did just so you know you're yeah. the worst and no. you cheat uh but anyway so goal 30th minute Ronaldo immediately scores again and this weird like like banter talk about Ronaldo only being able to hit tap-ins is like the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's just like on Twitter, there needs to be like an age minimum because if anybody in the world doesn't score tap-ins, it's been Cristiano Ronaldo in the last like 15 years. He absolutely smashes every ball. So you got to hear more about that, but he, but he gets another tap-in that he, he basically set up himself. Yeah. Um, well, I, and yeah. then I don't think you pay, even pay any mind to that. Why? Well, I mean, it bothers me, James. Well, listen, don't take it to heart. You, these people, they don't know you, and they don't know Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's ridiculous that he's having the start that he's had, but he really has added a, a killer element to them. Um, also, did you see he did a bicycle kick for a clearance off of a corner? Yes. From, from our end? <laughs> yes. I used to do that. This man up. is feeling himself <laughs> right now. I just realized how stupid I looked when I did yeah. it in high school. Yeah, well, uh, your brother broke his ankles doing it. 
That's yeah. Well, I mean, there it has to be a certain level of base athleticism to do it. Do you know what I mean? And your you bones can't I mean? be made of glass. Yeah, you can't have glass bones. That's another big thing. I mean, Joey broke his foot kicking the ground. Yeah. Like I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> yeah, and, I did. Uh, yeah, he put his two front or two bottom teeth through his lip, running into the couch. Like he's got, <laughs> he's got that, he's got that paper mache skin. Yeah, <laughs> glass like, bones. Yeah. yeah. Well. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we can talk about genetics later. Let's just talk about this game. Uh, so one one for a long time, but then James. But then, who comes on? But Jesse Lingard, West Ham Superman from last year, and like not out of nothing, he was in the box, beats Kurt Zuma on the dribble, and roofs a ridiculous shot into the yeah. top corner, and it's two to one in the 89th minute. Refuses to celebrate, James. Because he's hoping to get signed by them in the offseason. Well, he he's actually, celebrate. I heard that he's the one that turned down the move to go back. To get loaned, maybe? I'm not sure. I, I've heard all kinds of mixed stuff. Mino's his agent, yeah. and I think they're trying to squeeze more out of United. But I also, the other side of that is that he wants to play soccer. And right. if, he's not going to get playing time on well, United. They probably won't play him in the Champions League anymore. I'm just going <laughs> to. I think they will. I think they will because Rashford's hurt, um, and he's true. playing well. I mean, he's in the yeah. run of play playing well, minus that well, giveaway. The, the quickest redemption, qu- quickest redemption arc I've seen uh, in yeah. recent memory. Yeah, the uh, commentator but, was totally not ready for it. By the way, no, he wasn't. No, he was completely caught off guard. Everyone was. Yeah. Like, huh? Did Jesse Lingard <laughs> just roof one to win the game in the 89th Wait. minute? But the game wasn't over, James. And that was the correct goal. Yeah. That was smashed in. Yeah, yeah it was smashed ridiculous. It. And then you had the penalty that we already discussed, uh, dribbling down the line, cross the ball in. I, I do think there's something to be said about a cross getting like nicked on somebody's hand versus a shot for the record. But you can't. There's no way to put that into writing. So yeah, that would just make things worse. You know it would. It would make things so much worse. So you can't leave anything else up to interpretation. Yeah, I, I yeah. think. You know, I don't think it was a pen, but even United fans and Ali are saying it was, so maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, and up step steps up. the man. Mark Noble and his comb over the highest <laughs> percentage in the last twenty years for penalty conversion in Europe. That's at ninety two percent coming into this match. But keep in mind he has played eight minutes of football this season. He's seven, played yeah. seven two of which, in the Prem. Yeah, seven of mm-hmm. them were in, what, the Europa or whatever they're in? Yes. So he comes in mega cold off the bench because he's Mr. West Ham. Mm-hmm. He's their captain and all that kind of – he's like the – Oh, like Mr. West Ham. I'm going to kick a penalty. <laughs> I don't know what that sounds like, but that could be. Based on the comb over, I can understand that that's what he sounds like. Yeah. Uh, so uh, poor man's Jordan Henderson Ugh. is what some say. Is what some say. He used to be the poor man's Scott Parker. Let's. I don't know he if it's did. an upgrade or not. I yeah. Uh, anyway, he comes off the bench cold, and the penalty wasn't horrible. It just wasn't good. It was like waist high, like three feet inside the post, and David yeah. De Gea saved his first penalty in thirty penalty attempts. <laughs> oh my lord! I forgot that he Allowed basically has never scored a penalty. <laughs> He's, he, I forgot that he's basically never saved a penalty. Basically. And Pete was like, that's not real. David De Gea was the best goalkeeper in the world, or at least a candidate for it, for like five years. Yeah. And it's like, 
He did everything except save penalties, but that's the truth of it. He saves the pen, tosses it out, and then they blow the whistle like 30 seconds later. United escape with a 2-1 win, which I believe was the right result based on some of the saves that, um, uh, what's his name, the Arsenal guy, Fabianski in the West Ham goal. He had some really nice save, a really great fingertip save on a a Bruno volley. He's another goalkeeper that has left Arsenal and proven that uh, he was probably left because he was better than them. <laughs> I mean, he has been good for them. He's a good shot stopper. Yeah. Um, he's not great. He's uh, got a clanger in him every once yeah, in a he's while. Got the, he, he does, and he's not great on balls in the box. No. But uh, but he, he, had, he had a really good game, and yeah. it looked like West Ham were going to win this. The swing, the emotional swing, James, on yeah. this match – and then the next day we had the Ravens game last night. Oh boy, we can't I'm even start like, talking about that. But for, no, for the next game, the same day. Yeah, same day. Oh, but for West Ham, man. I mean, I think on the balance of it, I mean, the loss is probably, uh, you know, they played really well. It was a great back and forth game. Uh, I think you should have had another penalty. So I think that even Mark Noble scoring that one, which he should <laughs> mm-hmm. have done. Uh, yeah. probably United still deserve to win in this. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think United looked better in this match, especially than they did against Young Boys. You can do your little sing, sing-along thing. Young Boys! There it is. They looked a yeah. lot better than Young Boys. I mean, it helps having all your players on the field. Um, but, I mean, big win for United. They move to joint first place. Joint first! Joint first. Uh, third based on goal differential, but... Such a huge emotional swing, and I'm I'm super pumped about the way United is getting results. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a results it's a results baked industry, James. Would you not agree? Uh, that's what matters at the end of the day. Yeah, and they play West Ham again on Wednesday. Oh, for the uh, yeah, that's our Carabao Cup draw. You drew Wyco. like you drew like the Queen's diaper, wherever that is. Mm. I don't know where you come up with. The names of the teams that Manchester City let's draws not, in the Carabao Let's Cup. not listen. I celebrate the entire football pyramid, <laughs> especially since we work through the lower seven levels on our way to the Carabao Cup sevens. Yeah, so we actually play West Ham. Hey, that's I our am cup. Assuming we're going to lose. That's our yeah, cup. It is your cup. I really can't argue with that. Um, that's but our we're going to lose to West Ham because of well, they're going to the have Antonio games, back. Is that right? They're going to have Antonio back. He just had the one game for a um, – there's just a one-game suspension. That's all okay. So, but can he handle Jesse Lingard? Well, he's – I would hope that he's not going to be marking Weapon X. <laughs> Weapon X, baby. So, United looking good rolling through. Uh, a team that did not look good this week, James Lewis. Manchester oh. City versus Southampton at home – just not scoring. This is not f- really making any chances. They're just tough well, blocks. Well, that's not true. We had chances, although we had we had 16 shots with only one on target. And the one on There tar- were a ton of blocks. I'll give you that. There were yeah. a ton of blocks. The one on target was a kind of tame mishit um, KDB shot from the top of the box off his left. Hmm. Uh, so that was the one shot on target. Um, frust- a frustrating game. I mean, we definitely... This is these. This is one of those games where the no striker, false nine, 
mm-hmm. formation just just isn't doing it, and you need a striker. Yeah, kind of, Sterling kind of actually weird. lined up right as a false nine. Yes, he played a part in this game, uh, and he played the part that he's played for the better half of like a calendar year, including the Champions League final, which is to look dangerous at times like carrying the ball and making runs and and uh even creating space for others but then the final ball just completely lacking but that was the problem for our entire team today so we had plenty of times with uh jack graylish like cutting into the box on his right foot getting a shot blocked or shooting off target um kdb later would come off the bench and phil foden as well Phil Foden actually, I thought, had won the game for us, uh, and this is the, no one was really talking about this. He was onside, head great header. The goalie made an amazing save on down to his right at the near post. The ball pops up like straight on the line. Foden, yeah. Foden, and Sterling run at it at the same time, and Sterling nicks the ball off of Foden's foot. Mm-hmm. As he's going to kick it in the goal, Sterling, however, was off sides when Foden headed it. If Sterling yes. is not there, Foden just mm-hmm. puts that in the net. He follows up his yeah, own shot and puts it in the net. It's a goal. It's the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no one's really talking about that because you can't. I don't think you can really blame Sterling for that. The offsides was also very close. Not like he was like a mile offsides. It was close. He's not going to know that at the time, but it it's just frustrating being who it is and how things have gone for Sterling in the recent past and the fact that that's three points uh, right there. Yeah, and plus it's at home, which is only noteworthy really because coming into this match, you guys had your Champions League match midweek where you had uh, 80% capacity, I think. 80, mm-hmm. 80, between 80 and 85. Pep mentioned it after the game. It was kind of like, hey, everybody, we're playing this weekend. We really need you. Southampton, we're tired from Europe, and Southampton's going to be a tough team. Please come out. And some of the fans on Manchester City were kind of like nonplussed, basically. You know, they're just kind of like, well, you know what? It's a Wednesday night. And we're playing. It was the minnow team that you guys were playing <clears throat> of your group. Oh, we're playing. We're playing Red Bull Leipzig. Leipzig. Yeah. So I mean, I think there should it should have a full house, but well, I think it's unnecessary to make comments about it if you're the manager. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think that one. I don't think we've ever had strong attendance in midweek. Um, no, you never have Champions League games um, in the group stage. Um, Outside of the group stage, we're fine. Uh, you know, and this goes back a long time to our... I mean, honestly, there are fans that don't go at all to Champions League games because they hate UEFA. That, that's a that's a decent portion of our fan base. And we, so we boo the Champions League anthem every time it comes on. Um, that being said, I think also, like, you know, I have to think about, too, like, I got, <laughs> I got offered tickets to go to the Ravens game. Mm-hmm. And I had to turn it down because I couldn't couldn't make it. I couldn't on right. on you know. There are times uh-huh. when people can't, you know, it's hard to, especially a, a Wednesday night game. It's like not everyone can do it. So you know, I think that there's a little bit of all of that in play. I think I think Pep's comments were not maliciously driven. I think that 
he probably was saying like, guys, look, we're tired. We're going to need help. We need a full showing. We love, you know, he's, he's never been anything but uh, full of praise for the city fans. Uh, there might be a little bit of lost in translation there. There's definitely a little bit of like, you know, that's the banter that city get from other teams anyway. <laughs> they call it the empty hod. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and like some, it definitely struck a nerve with, it's really like this one guy. Yeah, well, I think basically that it wasn't unfortunately a huge deal is a because you guys have been doing that. You guys have been doing that. You haven't had good Champions League group stage attendance, like you said, midweek. I mean, we went over there. Pete and I were offered tickets, you know, walking past the stadium. They were like, we got deals going on, et cetera, et cetera. Like, that's the way it is in mm-hmm. the midweek in the midweek Champions League matches. And I think there is something to be made fun of with that. You know, it is a Champions League. But yeah. at the same time, I don't think it's that big of a deal per se. I just no. like making fun of you and, and trolling yeah. you. But this game afterwards, because of those comments, you know how it is. If you're not, if you don't win or you're not winning, yeah. all these little dumb things come up. Yeah. You know, like the same, we're going to get into this next match when Chelsea in a minute. And the opposite is also true. When you're winning, everything is great. I, yeah, I have yeah. some Kemba comments that you have to hear. When you're, but, when you're you know. winning, yeah, when you're winning, everything is perfect. And, and like, you made the choice, so you're right. You know, you, you – or, like, he said that, and we won. It motivated the team, and it motivated the fans, and he's a genius. You know, it's like – Yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah, and I think this is a knockdown, dragout fight, but I – you know, all the with the pressure that you have this year is different from the last few years because Liverpool is back in quotes. Yeah. Manchester United ha- are making a real push and made real moves in the offseason. Chelsea won the Champions League and are picking up points and are very dangerous. That's four teams in the title hunt yeah. versus previous years where we might talk about four teams in the very beginning. Virgil van Dyke goes down and then, you know, Liverpool is completely finished, you know, right. and then the rest of the teams are falling out yeah. and United like you hang talk, in a little bit. You but... talk about Tottenham for four weeks and then. Yeah. No, I mean like that's exactly the way it is though. And now mm-hmm. you legitimately have four teams. It's five games in, mm-hmm. but you have four teams that look really good and have at least the roster to do it. And I think, this is a, a match that stings a little bit and yeah. you guys got to get over it and it, it got to do it quickly. Cause you got Chelsea. It stings. I mean, Southampton aren't a bad team. Uh, they, they haven't gotten off to a great start here. It's also not a loss, right? So it, it's not, I don't know. It feels like a loss, a home match against Southampton. I mean, look, we should have won. There's no mm-hmm. excuses there, but I mean like in the grand scheme of things, uh, you know, we're three points, out of first place. Yeah, that doesn't so, matter. it doesn't matter. That part doesn't matter now. I think the thing that matters is giving Chelsea, Liverpool, and United the hope to hang in there for longer. But again, five matches in. Yeah. So, uh, you guys can regroup and play Queen's Diaper or whoever. Wycombe? Wycombe. Wycombe. Yeah, don't please, don't be disrespectful. There's no reason. Wycombe hasn't done anything <laughs> to you. I, I'm not... It's not specific to Wycombe. It's more that you guys... You draw the worst teams. I, All right. I just, you, you guys have never been in that position. 
No. Yeah, he never. used to say that Certainly. all the time. Yeah. Clown. You play Chelsea next weekend at Stamford Bridge. I'm extremely excited about that match. Let's go into Chelsea and talk about their 3 nothing drubbing and their form right now as they continue to play really, really well. 3-0 over Tottenham. Tottenham, not really in this game. Ta- Tottenham. Tottenham, yeah, we're, we're not ever in this game. And how bad does Harry Kane look? How disinterested does he look out there on that field? I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, like, I'm being serious. Yeah, I, I, I have to be honest with you. I thought he played the same as I see him play against Manchester United. He actually sometimes plays okay against City, but against Liverpool, like, I thought he did that same thing where he starts up top and then he drops in deeper, 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 and deeper, deeper, and deeper, and deeper, and deeper, and deeper, and deeper. And, and then has no effect on the game. But I, I don't think it was really about Harry Kane. I think Chelsea is a team that has a plan right now. Yeah. And it's a defensive plan, but it's a plan that makes puts a lot of pressure on you, and you need to score your opportunities that you get, especially since Kepa is in goal. When Kepa's in goal, you got to feel like, hey, we got to at least put some shots on frame and yeah. and test out this, you know, this small guy. <laughs> But I think Chelsea, they, they romped. Chelsea, they, 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 yeah. Big deflection for the goal, but they romped. They played really well. Thiago Silva and Rudiger score. I really dislike Rudiger, by the way. I don't like him. No. I, I, I think that I, he I think that he's a he is a very talented center back, unfortunately. Well, I guess what I'm I guess I'm kind of segueing into this. And I mentioned it with the city stuff where everything, little bitty things when you're losing matter. And then when you're winning and you just won a Champions League and you got a bunch of wins on the trot to start the season, like all of a sudden you're seeing all this Chelsea stuff where they're talking about Rudiger as a top three center back, uh, Christensen as like a top five center back in the world, that's Silva ridiculous. as number. So that's three through five basically that they're saying. And I'm not kidding. Like they're really serious about it. You see it all over the Chelsea Twitter yeah. about how good these players are. And I'm like. I, I just pointed it out to somebody, kind of get to get a litmus test for where Chelsea fans are. I was like, you realize that when you have a, you have three center backs playing and two wing backs, you're playing a five-three-two, that you have coverage. You have two defensive midfielders as well as five defenders. You have coverage for any mistakes a center back might make. So all your center backs are going to look really good. They they don't make any mistakes because because if they do, it it doesn't matter. There's a guy covering there. And I said, you know, that's that's fine. You can celebrate that. You know, you have 20 clean sheets in Tuchel's 35 matches in charge, yeah. which is a really high rate. But that also indicates that they don't have they're, – they're focusing on defense. Again, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But Chelsea fans being like, no, these guys are individually good. When the, when the last November they wanted Rudiger sold, they wanted Christensen off the team immediately, <laughs> and Thiago Silva looked like he was going to retire. Yeah. So – Let's. You have to understand that that a five three two is gonna cover over that stuff. And I went back and forth with the Chelsea fan before I finally like. He was kind of like, "Well, you don't understand. We're we're scoring goals now." I was like, "You're scoring a few goals now, but your actual goals per game average under Tuchel mm-hmm. is under two point It's like one point three five. Yeah, which is way too low if you're gonna win the league. You can win a tournament like that, and we said that a lot last year. It's a really good tournament yeah. team because. If you score a goal, a la against City, you have a really good system to make sure you don't let up a goal yeah. and then you can win. But when you go into Burnley and you get four shots on target and they get one of their mutants, one of their VAT mutants, mm-hmm. when Dwight McNeil Fresh gets out of the VAT. 
Chris <laughs> when Wood. They start, Chris Wood when number they, two. <laughs> when, when Chris Wood brushes a header in off of a corner, their only corner kick, and you lose 1-0 because you don't create anything, I think that is going to be an issue. But Chelsea fans are... It can be, know, it can be. But again, when you're winning, none of it seems like an issue. Yeah. I think a good kind of corollary to that, like a proof of that concept, is that I always think back to when City had Mancini as our manager, and we just sat Nigel De Jong in front of our our <sighs> defenders, and those defenders included, you know, Richard Dunn and Julian Lescott, and we had <laughs> we did have a young Vincent Company, but but also Julian Lescott and Richard Dunn. You have you put <laughs> Nigel De Jong in front of that, and. You know, and another like midfielder that just does work, and Tuchel even takes it another step. I mean, he's got, you're they're they're playing two, you know, t- with different styles, but they're playing two like water carrying center midfielders. Yeah. Now both of them will range forward in different ways, but they are there as solid cover to their back three. Yes. It makes they're brilliant. Now Silva, I think, is a is or was. I mean, he's older now, a world class center back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if currently he is top five or whatever. Uh, I mean, like I said, he's a little bit older, but he's a great he's a great center back. He knows how to play center back. Christensen has gone back and forth from they they wanted to they wanted to burn him at the stake. Yeah, Rudiger did you know has been in and out of this team. Some of that is the fault of Frank Lampard, but he's had his own mistakes. I thought Kurt Zuma was someone that should still be on this. Chelsea defense and playing probably instead of Christensen, but Christensen—that's what I think too—is yeah. a giant as well. He's a, he's a tall boy, mm-hmm. so I don't know. But you get you you've got massive defensive cover in your midfield for your center backs, and it's going to be a, you can even play Kepa in goal at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean when Frank Lampard was playing four in the back with one defensive midfielder and trying to score more goals, basically win three to one, you know you just allowed these shots from 20 yards out and they were all going in the net. And all of a sudden your defenders are the worst thing in the universe. But if you have literally seven players that are in front of your goalkeeper, every single time a shot is taken, that's why they have the lowest XG allowed since mm-hmm. Tuchel arrived, the lowest goals allowed, the most clean sheets, all the, all the stats. But that's why nobody really considers these players as elite defenders. I think, yeah. Tiago is an elite defender, but he would be exposed in a four-back system due to the speed of the league. Yes, it's, and I think yeah, he's an elite defender. It's not because of what's happening in Chelsea right now. Yes, yes. And, and okay, so you give Tuchel credit though. That's a really well-organized system. It's a great and they're system. Doing a good job of getting points. I again think it's going to be an issue long-term scoring goals. The retort that I got was, well, we're, we're, we got 12 goals through five matches or something like that. We're tied with Manchester United or second. And I was like, yeah, you are, but you're five matches in. And they're like, well, we have Romelu Lukaku. I was like, you do, and that will help you because they were trying to make the point that it was it was the conversion rate that was the issue last year, which is not true. Yeah. But, I mean, it was an issue, but the conversion rate alone isn't going to be that thing that puts you up. I think you need to be over 2.0 goals per game. If you look at the title winners – I don't know when the last time there was a title winner that didn't have at least 2.0 goals. It, per game. It's definitely skewed. It's definitely skewed to that. And it's been several years now. It doesn't mean that, I mean, you know, you see, you do see tactical shifts in the league mm-hmm. and 
it may be that we're seeing one now. I mean, he definitely he played a tight game against Liverpool, even held on to it down a man, which I think that is was impressive. Impressive. Coming up against City here, I mean, they've beaten us in the Champions League final already. Um, I think they had a mixed record against us in the league last season. We'll see how it goes now. I mean, it's, you know, it, this could be, you know, we could be shifting a little bit. Like, this is a reaction to the dominant tactics that have that have been high pressure, high scoring. You know, he might be dialing it back to a defensive Mourinho. Uh, That's an deal. interesting way to put it. I think it's a good a good way to put it. There has been a total shift in the play moving towards offense, scoring more goals than the other team in numbers rather than yeah. just eking out the one goal win. It's more like, well, let's let's set a pace to score three and then we can allow yeah, one. We can score fine. three. Yeah. Now let's see if they can score four. Yeah, that's the way things have been. And I think that's because there's been an increase in goals across football in general. Yeah. And that comes down to more penalties being called, less foul. I mean, more fouls being called. So you can't foul people out of a game. You know, you can't just kick hazard all game or, you know, kick the best player on the other team. You could do that when Mourinho was back in yeah. the early 2000s, and that's how he won his treble. Can't do that anymore because the first time you kick a guy when he's on a break, you get a yellow card. Yeah. So you, you can't do that. So the, the play is more flowing. Unless you're Fernandinho. And goals are up. Unless you're Fernandinho. Actually, I thought that uh, I thought that Liverpool had a whole bunch of fouls like that. Yes. In the, in the last match that they played. If you want to talk I about, if you want to sidestep to that, because I think that is an interesting we can topic. Get over there. Um, yeah, I thought they had a lot of counter fouls, especially Tiago. Yeah, it, they were chippy. In the matches I've and they not were they, It's not that they just weren't getting carded for it because you're you know you all when you always complain about Fernandinho or whatever, it's like he'll get the mm-hmm. he'll commit the foul. The foul will be called. It'll break up the play, but he somehow escapes doing it five or six times without getting a yellow card. Some of yeah, these I- weren't even getting called as fouls. And, and they, they did pick up three cards in the match. It was a pretty well-won match, but I really think that people aren't talking about it as much as they should. They're definitely, especially Milner, I think Milner goes in with designs of breaking up. They did it in the uh, in the Milan game. Whenever there's, you know, people are like, oh, that's like clever and that's a good way to play and stuff. But that's fine, but don't take the high road. You know, I'm all, I'm all about checking people back, James. You know, yeah, Chelsea sure. fans need to chill. Liverpool fans need to realize they're doing the exact thing that they blamed Manchester City for yeah. for the last two years. They're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, maybe they learned. I mean, that yeah, if they add that dimension to their game, I mean, that might, uh, might get them there. Yes, I would like to do that if that would keep us from letting up goals. Yeah, do it. You should. <laughs> I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. Yeah, I, I just thought that in the Liverpool matches, the last two especially, they've been doing that. But they, they are winning and playing well. Salah is scoring. Mane is scoring. Even Nabi Keita scored in this Crystal Palace match, which was not really a close match. No. Um, I thought, you know, I thought that uh, Crystal Palace were frustrating them in the first half, uh, but they just couldn't contain them for very long. Yeah, I think... I have no difference in opinion on either team than I did when I was coming into the match. Yeah. Like Crystal Palace to me is good enough not to get relegated in my opinion. And Liverpool is playing great football, especially at home and Mane and Salah are, are working it. They had a big midweek win over Milan, which was, I mean, an awesome match. Did you watch it? Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. 
yeah, it was an awesome match going back and forth. Uh, Captain, what do they call him? Captain Fantastic? I guess. Is another Captain thing. Instead of Captain Universe, Captain United Kingdom, it was Captain Fantastic mm. with the big mm-hmm. the big goal in that one. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, if if, <laughs> if Milan has Latan in that game, they, they probably come out at least with a draw. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. We'll find out. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, with the away match. But Liverpool look good. I mean, they're scoring goals. They're still playing that high-octane football that everybody likes. They have Norwich in the midweek in their Carabao Cup. Anything you want to add to the way they're playing? We always talk about Thiago. I, I think we've beat it into the ground at this point. I, It is what it is. But anything to add with how Liverpool looks right now? No, they look strong. They look, you know, uh, I think Van Dijk is, is back. Hashtag back. <laughs> Trent is looking dangerous. I think they've they've they're firing on, on all cylinders right now. Tiago still looks Trent... uh, mediocre though. <laughs> Trent wasn't in this match. No, he didn't play. Milner, Milner plugging in. Do you remember why uh, James Milner left Man City? By the way, so that because he, he wanted to play center midfield. Because he wanted to play center midfield, and we were using him as a utility midfielder slash emergency fullback. Yes. Weird. And... Weird. It's exactly the role he has for Liverpool. <laughs> I feel like even since he came over and then they played him in center midfield for like, I don't know, like two or three months when he came over. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, uh, we got a little bit of a uh, issue back here at right back. And you're like, can you just like bump back? We won't leave you there. No, no. You're, yeah, you're a midfielder. Yeah, you're, you're, you're de- a, most deaf, most deaf. Mid- you're you're a midfielder. You're, you're a midfielder. Right. And it's like, and then Milner plays like, he had a little run where he played a whole bunch of right back. And he, if you remember, he was scoring all the pens. Yeah. But he was like a right back the whole time, and you're like, "Well, didn't you move because you weren't getting to play where you wanted to play?" And he's just like, "Oh, I've been a Liverpool fan my whole life." Yeah. <laughs> oh, now he's back at right back. Yeah. Well, he barely just, just he barely saying. touches the field anymore. I mean, he's he really is yeah, just yeah. an emergency for him now. Yeah, I mean, well, they bring him in. They actually have him in the Ryan Giggs role that United had when Ryan Giggs was like forty. Or they would bring him in with 15 minutes left when they're up by a goal to basically tell everybody not to pass the ball back to the goalie. Yeah. You know, it would have helped in the young boys game. But Liverpool look good, young like we said boys. earlier. They, they're, getting, they're rolling along here. Norwich in the midweek. Brentford after that. Tricky, tricky Brentford, uh, James? This shouldn't be. Well, I mean, Brentford did just beat Wolves. 2-0 with a red card in that game for them. I mean, they're looking kind of they're looking good, but I, I don't I would never pick Brentford to upset Liverpool. Yeah. Well, then then they play Manchester City on October 3rd. Which is right, Dude. is at the end of a very tough run for City. So I think yeah, we... your, your run there sucks. Besides Wycombe, <laughs> Chelsea, PSG, at PSG and Liverpool. And then Burnley. Like, and then, well, you guys, you guys smoke Burnley. I, we always joke about it. But you guys, we've beat Burnley five nil. I think it was it's three like, times in a row. Th- yeah, three times in a row, and like five <laughs> out of the last seven. <laughs> yeah, I'll be betting the over on that one. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a. But I mean, the run though, leading up to the run that, is tough. I think the thing, I think that gives you a little bit of an advantage is that PSG doesn't look right. They don't know what to do with Messi right now. Yeah, and they don't know how to do it. And, and they, I mean, they just drew Club Bruges in the previous Champions League game in the group, which is yeah. terrible for them. And they won in 
extra time Last against. Second. Yeah. Leo. Yeah. After subbing Leo Messi off in the 75th, and did you see the look? That Leo Messi gave Pochettino when he came off. Well, the he field. refused to like give him a little like hand touch. I think, like yeah. Poch like Poch like reached his hand out and Messi like kind of went for it, but then kind of pulled it back and there wasn't really anything there. Yeah. 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 He gave, and then he sat on the bench and gave looked him incredulous. A look, like a yeah, like, he was. He couldn't believe it. He gave a look like my wife gives me when I do something really stupid in front of like our friends, Uh but she can't say anything in front of them. And I just like, like, you get it later though. Poch came out later and he was like, he was like, yeah, look, not everyone's, you know, we have a team full of great players and sometimes you have to make a sacrifice for the team. Uh, You know, Messi's fine. He told me in the locker room that he's fine afterwards, privately. No one else could hear. (laughs) But he definitely, he definitely said it though. I think that this is a good time to play PSG before they get their system rolling, before they understand how to play with Messi and how to get the ball moved around. Yeah. People, we said this when all these players get signed. It's a big deal trying to fit them in. Manchester United signed players that didn't fit their system for the last 10 years, and it shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Manchester City did the opposite. They only signed players that fit their system. Now, some players are so good, they fit in like any system, which is – messy really but you have to learn how to play with that player you know what i mean yeah. and on top of that you have three players now at psg who don't play a lick of defense that is true like nothing at all and that that seems like oh that's not a big deal it is a big deal to have three players who are not going to be anywhere near coming back like it it, it unbalances your team heavily yeah. and you have to make up for it by dropping in all your midfielders need to be able to run for 90 minutes. So we'll see what happens with PSG, but that'd be a good match. I'm excited about it. What are you thinking? I mean, I'm definitely excited about it. I'm, I'm not like, I mean, scared? I'm not scared, but I'm not like not super confident. I, I, you know, not super confident. I mean, we can win on our day, but we got to have more than one shot on goal in 16. Yeah, that's true. What if, what if Messi drops a G on you? He might. He might drop a G on he you. Drop a, he he pull out a hat, hat trick. You know what? It's, it, you know what makes me sad about that? That huh. right afterwards, Ronaldo went back. Imagine if we had the Messi-Ronaldo rivalry at City and United. How, yeah, what I, kind I of stories it. would – that would be the most epic – the most epic thing. Yeah. They're both old, though. Yeah, but it's oh, – They're still awesome. They're both, you know, they're both like fighting against the dying of the light, you know, like one mm-hmm. more hurrah. Yes, it would have been amazing. Yeah. PSG. Well, I mean, we might get maybe PSG United later in the uh, if United can get some points in the group stage. <laughs> Speaking of points, yeah. James Lewis. Yeah. Arsenal oh. one, Burnley zero. Statement victory. Out of the relegation zone. Wow, that's true. On a Martin Odegaard. Free Banger. Kick, and that was the only thing that happened in that match for Arsenal against Burnley. Yeah, that was uh, not a great display, but obviously no. a great result for them. Um, uh, goal differential still negative seven. Just negative seven, <laughs> which is one worse than Burnley. Yeah. I, I mean, it was that those are the games that we're talking about with like Chelsea and stuff like that, where I mean, Burnley will just beat on you. 
you just watch them. They, they like to get in little fights with people. It always happens. Mm-hmm. They're always, you know, you, you hate them for that reason. Cause they just like fight your team the whole time. They're just, they're not even looking to play. They're mutants. <laughs> so Arsenal gets the win anyways, James, they go down to the mortar field <laughs> and take out Burnley. The, <laughs> with the worms and everything else one zero on a fantastic goal arteta said it's a step in the right direction i completely disagree james and i disagreed last week when they had a bad win i think normally results when you're a coach like just want to get the results just want to get three points three points i think that's really important they're not playing well they don't look like they're playing well they're they're Personnel's all messed up, and Arteta is not the one. So him winning, to me, is actually bad. I don't know. How do you feel? No, I, I agree with you. I Yes, okay, it is important to get this win. There's no doubt about that. I think, you know, if, if you were looking for some kind of momentum swinger, it needs to be an emphatic victory. Now you are playing away at Turf Moor, which I think they I think they water the field with beer and they put out cigarette butts uh, on, in the visit in on the visitors end. Just airdrop them. Yeah. <laughs> but but you know this wasn't you know Burnley had eighteen shots. To Arsenal's 13. They both had three shots on target. The possession was yeah. right around the middle. You know, they're not this it's not like this it's was foggy, man. this is not like this was like Arsenal making a statement. This is Arsenal barely clinging on and relying on a moment of brilliance from Odegaard. Yeah. Like that's not a tactical victory. That's a individual piece of brilliance victory. And that's not what you. That's not what. That's not what Arsenal need right now to have any kind of turnaround. Because Odegaard, that might be the only goal that Odegaard scores this year. You know, yeah. I mean, it, he he he's not gonna. Hit, I don't think he's gonna hit a free kick like that again. If he starts hitting free kicks like that all the time, that'll be great for Arsenal, and they they'll probably win a few more games than they deserve to. They didn't. I wouldn't say they deserve to win this game. No, and like I said, like you you got no change. You know what I mean? You you got no change in the league in, in your performances. Yeah. Like this is the problem and instead like you almost if you're Ken and you're an Arsenal fan, you want him to like lose these games. I've been there. I've been there when Mourinho is there. I'm like, "Please just lose the next game. <laughs> lose the next game, get out of here, we'll reset, try to finish out the season and then get a get a manager in, sort our offseason out, etc." But we keep coming back to it. They didn't do that in the off season. And now they have to deal with this as their beginning. Yeah. This isn't any better to me. It's just not. No, I will say Aaron Ramsdale looked good. I thought, um, yeah, the interesting move of spending $30 million <laughs> to buy a new keeper. That's what relegation teams do. They'll like keep their, their squad when they come up and then they'll buy like a 30 million pound goalkeeper to stop the 500 yeah. billion shots. That get I shot mean, up. I wouldn't have, there, the story running in the English media is that Aaron Ramsdale's long arms and long kicks give him the edge over Burned Leno. Long arms, <laughs> long arms, baby. I, you know, that's. I wouldn't have. You know, they spent fifty million pounds on Ben White. 
who didn't look anything special in this game either. They bought yeah. another defender, the guy Tomoyasu from the Italian club, who, again, outside of being tall, is I didn't really see much of anything from him in this game. Like, I think you needed you could you could have taken the money and a fight. Ramsdale looked good, but Leno has been an, a great keeper for Arsenal for these last years. Take that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Take that thirty million you just spent on Ramsdale, tack it on to the fee that you spent on Ben White, and get an actual world class center back. You know, <laughs> spend eighty million and get like Kunde that like Chelsea was going after forever, mm-hmm. who looks like he will be an actual world class center center back have your goalkeeper that you have already had that has done great for you yeah. these last few seasons and, and actually make a difference on the team. Not just it more is, like kind of, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. And I think these wins make it worse. Honestly, you get these weird little false dawns. And, and the thing is like Arsenal fans know it. They know that this is not even a false dawn. I don't hear anybody saying Arteta figured it out he's getting these guys to win they're more saying exactly what's happening we just won on a free kick and then the previous game we won on our only shot on target like this is not the way you want to go you would rather have him just lose and then you have a chance of doing something because i think the odegaard goal and the obama yang goal from the previous week just show that you have talent there but this guy is not it yeah so i mean i hate to come down on ken we want ken back by the way so maybe we want them to win well, they won, and he's not back. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, he said he moved. Oh. I don't know if that means, like, <laughs> moved, moved on like, moved. out of our yeah. lives. <laughs> I haven't heard from him. I haven't either. I know. I feel like he just mutes our chat. Well. Because we're not very nice. No, that's fine. But, uh, you know, Arsenal's next match is against Tottenham, mm-hmm. and I think that'll be next match in the Prem against Tottenham. Yeah. That could be a that could be a competition to see who is least enthusiastic about playing in the Premier League. <laughs> Harry Kane or the entire Arsenal team. <laughs> I think if Arsenal win that match, we'll see Ken. We better. I heard it here first. Yeah, I will make sure that he's on this podcast. Even if we had to like record it on like a Thursday morning. And we'll continue not seeing Pete at that point. No, Pete will be back. He'll be back. He'll be back next week, I think. We'll no see. matter what, I think he'll be back. Uh, by the way, Arsenal plays Wimbledon in the Carabao Cup. Yeah. Is that the old, like, Vinnie Jones team? Yeah, I think the AFC Wimbledon is the, yes, reformed. <laughs> it's reformed. Yes. Right? So it was like Wimbledon, <laughs> there was a whole, like, ownership thing with Wimbledon, and AFC, I think, is the fan reformed Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. So I we'll call him we'll call him Vinny Jones's Wimbledon, yeah. Okay. I love the clips of those Wimbledon teams yeah. from like the from like 1992 where they really just did the clotheslines and like strangle tackles like cleats and... up to the inner thigh like rake down yeah. as a tackle. The, yeah. There's only one ref on the field. <laughs> and he and he's just had like and he had a he had a pack of cigarettes at halftime. Second half starts and he is struggling <laughs> to keep up with play. And just the the behind the ball fouls are incredible. Yeah. Just like the hard kicks and stuff. Those old Wimbledon teams are awesome. Uh, yeah, so Arsenal will have to beat Wimbledon. I don't. I don't like think they're the same. Kind, they're not the same team anymore. They're not. No, no, no they're not. Because they, the that Wimbledon team was like okay. I mean, they were thugs, 
but I think they were like an okay team. They were good. Um, yeah. yeah, and then they kind of went into administration. Well, they started changing the rules too. So. Yeah. Also, you can't uh, stud somebody in the eye when the refs don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of administration, by the way, did you see Wayne Rooney's club? Derby. Derby County. Yeah. They're in big trouble. Yeah. They're, I think they're being docked 10 points, and they're already relegation battlers in the championship. Well, they're being docked 9 points for so, – so this is what I read. I admit this might be wrong, but they're being docked 9 points for their previous financial irregularities. Yeah. Okay. That's not good. And then they're going to be docked another 12 points for going into administration. Ah. That's 21 points. <laughs> Bye. Uh, I like this headline. I was just Googling it. Wayne Rooney found out on TV that Derby were set for administration. <laughs> Ow. Is there actually, I mean, they're hanging in early. They're a gritty team. They just beat players. They don't have any players. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. So, oh, so yeah, here, yeah. yeah. They, they, uh, they, <laughs> they discovered that they were set to enter administration after watching news on television as they face up to a 21 point penalty <laughs> wow well uh i mean could that mean that wayne rooney to arsenal question mark wow that is one of the most <laughs> disgusting things i've ever heard he actually seems like he's you know what this has been like the most humanizing thing that i've ever seen about wayne rooney besides the allegedly <laughs> uh fart prostitutes <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't think Wayne Rudy getting a picture a video taken of him sleeping in a chair and having a stripper fart next to him was was humiliating I enough? said humanizing but I but oh. also allegedly that happened I mean there's, there's a video we don't know the circumstances of the video allegedly how he got there how he got there why there's a stripper there I don't know but I know that the rest happened because I saw and it. this is the most humanizing <laughs> thing that I've seen happen to Wayne Rudy because He's comes out. He actually seems like a, a guy that's trying to do right by yeah, his I, team. I you know, I, what I've what I read is that he's actually been paying for the away travel and away hotels for the team and staff at the, as they've yeah. had to travel because they literally have no money. He's literally mm-hmm. paying for the club to to go to away yeah. games, and you know they were interviewing him after they beat Stoke, and he was just like, "Look, uh, this is a." Yeah, obviously, we're happy with the win, but we have to be realistic. I mean, in the next two weeks, we're going to potentially a lot of people are going to get fired. Like yeah. staff are going to be let go. And these are people that have families and lives. And, you know, it's a it's not a good it's not a good situation for anybody. So it's it, he seemed uh, which is actually like coming from writing notes in barely legible handwriting that says I will not <laughs> met fool around with silly girls. And handing that into to Alex Ferguson to making a statement like that in front of uh, journalists, it's a that's a that's a lot of character development and growth. Don't forget the Wayne Rooney tweets. Yeah, I know. When for when Twitter was born, those are amazing. <laughs> Look them up if you haven't already. One last thing on administration and teams having salary problems. Obviously, La Liga would never put Barcelona in administration, but Barcelona claiming on high that they are going to fire Ronald Koeman after Barcelona got butchered by, by Bayern 3-0. And barely eked and out today, a draw against Granada. 
eked out a 90th minute home draw against Granada and the fans have had enough James (laughs) these fans man they are booing every single player that steps on the field for Barcelona right now they made Sergio Mm -hmm. Roberto cry in the dressing room after the last (laughs) game I mean there's a point where like look I get it I've I don't know if I've ever booed my own team I've definitely booed the opposite team I've booed players before uh, and to a certain extent, that is whatever. But these players have nothing to do with the situation that Barcelona is in. It's it, yeah, I would agree. With it's that. not like these players. It's not like anybody expected these players to to do well to to be of the level required. You know, this is like the bad yeah. news bears that's left I'm... on Barcelona after every other high paid player has taken 75% salary cuts just to get loaned out so they can leave. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's exactly right. But I, I think there's one thing that'll come from this after watching today's Barcelona game and just, you know, reading the comments and how the game went and everything. That's that they have to rely on these young players because they can't afford older players. And they probably can't afford like the game day bonuses, you know, like, the the yeah. players on big salaries they get a check every time they play a game. I mean, it's like, it could be like twenty five yeah. grand. Well, remember Coutinho? If he played five Champions League matches last year, then he would have had to. They would have had to pay Liverpool an additional five million dollars. They're just like, yeah, we're not going to play you in the Champions League. We're not going to play him. We can't afford yeah. it. Yeah. So I think that there's something to that, and I, I think that actually Barcelona's great hope is in playing all these kids. And just hoping you can get like five or six great players out of it. Because they still have a great system. You can get five or six great players and then build a team the correct way. Which is where you supplement the players you already have. And you have a you have an actual game plan yeah, for but it. I, but like, yeah, and yes, Barcelona has a famed academy that really hasn't produced a crazy talent that's kind of stuck around in a, in a while. Yeah. I mean, they've, they, de- but that's also because they've been replacing their first team players. Well, right. But with, with free and agents I, and, and I, transfers. right. And you know, under Bartemu, this, they took a huge step backwards, but I don't, but I think there's a way to implement young players. Right. And yeah, having to field half a team under 21 <laughs> against men, did. against men, Oh, that Bayern game is not going to. That's not going to result in those young players necessarily getting better, right? I mean, experience is good experience, mm-hmm. but tossing on young players to get slaughtered isn't like isn't yeah. developing their game because you, you're not ending up playing a game. You're, you know, you might have some individual moments of like, oh, that guy did a nice dribble, and then you know, Sule is going to come through and take that guy's <laughs> legs off at the hip and he's not going to be a promising young player anymore. He's going to be in a wheelchair. <laughs> I think that's extreme. And I think actually that them playing in the league and maybe even the Europa league playing in the Europa league and playing in La Liga, just playing all these kids. You're maybe finishing, take your, take your punch to the face, finish in fourth or fifth, 
but get these kids and find four or five of them that are really good. Then when you get your financial feet under you, you can go out and start picking off other Spanish players and build back up. Just don't go back to the thing where you're like, well, we already have a great roster. We need to make it a little bit better. We're going to buy this guy for, you know, 50% more than he's worth. Yeah. Like, just well, no, I mean, well, that's a, that. well, they're not going to be doing that for a while. They're, I, like, and this is what I said yeah. uh, in the beginning before the season started. I, and, and I think it's coming true right now. I mean, it's early doors, but Real Madrid are going to be okay this season. They almost bought Mbappe. Mm-hmm. I called that, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they offered two. All they out, offered two hundred. They offered two hundred twenty million pounds at the end of it for him, or euros or whatever. Like they went for him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Real Madrid are going to be absolutely fine. Barcelona are going to take three years, five years to recover from I think this. Two. I because I don't I think, think you you don't come out of this season with. I think if you are extremely lucky as Barcelona this season. You come out of it with one or two very talented young players that you can start to rebuild around. One or two. You're not getting more than that out of this crop of players that's playing for Barcelona. They look like they look like children that wandered into an R-rated movie and have seen blood for the first time. They got destroyed in that Bayern game. They look they're shell shocked, and they should be. They're like, not only are they kids, they're being managed by Ronald Koeman. It's not like, (laughs) it's not like they're being ushered through by Pep coming out of the Academy. You know, it's not like they've got an Alex Ferguson and his crop of 92 or whatever, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. someone to mentor them. They have Ronald Koeman who is just a dickhead and a bad manager. He shouldn't yeah. be in this job in the first place. Both those place. things are true. And and they're talking about replacing him. They're talking about replacing him with any name that has come that has played at Barcelona and is has yeah, any kind of managerial experience. They're not good either. They're talking about Philip yeah. Koku. Dude is not a good manager. <laughs> Didn't he fail in the MLS? Yes. Oof. It's not, you know, you. There don't. You might have. You might as well bring in. Uh, who's the guy that just was managing the Dutch? Ronald De Boer. He, you know, he he played for he played for Barcelona too. Oh, let the let Thierry Henry manage Barcelona. He he's he had a managerial gig somewhere. Oh, he's the assistant yeah. manager in Belgium. Hire him. It's insane. So. So that's the other part of this that's going to be a huge problem for him and why I think it's going to take more than just this season and next season. Like, you think by the end of next season, all's going to be right with Barcelona? I don't know how no. – financially, I don't know how they get right out of this season. Oh, they're making moves. I think they'll, they'll be bad this year. I think they'll be bad, and I think they'll be struggling next year to be in the mix. And then I think after that, they'll have gotten enough money back – from their match days and getting all their crowds back. And I mean, they're, the thing is they're going to be missing champions league revenue. I believe I, I really think that they don't make it out of the group. And if they do, they get knocked out right away. So and, gonna, I think they're going to miss well, like yeah. 40 plus million in champions league. revenue. And I don't think they, I mean, their battle right now, I mean, whatever, at least they're playing in the, they get the group stage money this time. You, you think yeah. that they're a lock to get third place in La Liga? No, I don't. I I, I think that they are they they're outsiders. Lower. So they so then they don't have Champions League 
revenue next season, there's no yeah. way they're bouncing back from that and being good to go the season after that. They they still have global branding money though. They're still one of the top three commercial teams. I st- they they need a little bit more of a draw. They need to but, pull. But I mean, they're starting. They need to keep Pedri in the sweatshop a little bit longer. <laughs> Pedri, you're gonna <laughs> hey, you're gonna be playing 80 games this year. Because guess what? We need you to play for Barcelona B side too. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, but like, I, 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 honestly, you know, they're gonna and they're gonna have to find a manager to manage these people. So, oh, but I think they'll be able to find any Spanish manager right now would still manage Barcelona. Any one of those guys would love to step up and be the guy that fixed Barcelona. You can take any one of the ones from the bottom fifteen clubs in that league. They'll go manage for Barcelona. You think they can reach for a Lopetegui, your guy? Uh, I could see that. Sure. That's what I'm saying. That's, like, they're still Barcelona. That's the, it, I think it's – I don't think they're going to have such – I, I think they're going to be in their own way of getting a good coach, and they're not going to pay for a good coach. That's a problem for now. That's why I think they might have to keep coming. They might have to keep him like they might have to keep him. God, he's terrible. They're making noises. He well, he was gonna be terrible. He's not a good manager. He's never been a good manager. He struggled at Everton. <laughs> you right. thought he was gonna walk into Barcelona and and like be your Messiah? Jesus. <laughs> well let's not uh let's not continue. We we're getting way too long. Okay. But uh we're gonna end the worldwide soccer talk with uh just saying that Juve is in eighteenth place without Cristiano Ronaldo. I thought they so, said they didn't need him. They went in a different direction, and it turns out the direction is in the toilet, mm. and that's not very good. I know Pete is a big Juve fan, so uh, I'm sure he'll be thrilled. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here. Anything else to add, James Lewis, to the Premier League or Champions League or care your your Carabao Cup? Carabao Cup, that's our cup. If we the Carabao uh, Cup sponsorship runs through 2024, so if we win the next three. Uh, we will be the only team to have ever won the the Carabao Cup forever. I hope it goes back to the Carlin Cup. I like that a lot. It's more. a much Carabao's better name. Like, yeah, Carabao's like the lame energy drink that only British people drink, right? I tried it. Um, just like every other piece of food nutrition in in England, it's terrible. <laughs> I love the Carlin Cup though. That had so much more. Yeah. More, more gumption, yeah. you know what I mean? So, all right, for the Carabao King, for an absent Dr. Pete, and uh, missing Ken Lee, I am Tom Miller saying I hope everybody has an awesome week. I think you should pick the next sponsor. You know, Ooh. you guys, if you win it more than anybody else, you should get to pick the sponsor. Oh, then you have some stupid, like... Brought to you by... Blood Pudding. <laughs> <laughs> by meat <Yeah>. pies <laughs> Charlie's meat pies <laughs> oh, oh man. man no microwave required <laughs> just unwrap and eat <laughs> they serve meat pies at some of the Australian rules football um yeah. games like because i mean they just yeah. you know they come out and they set up a food tent or whatever <clears throat> it's funny mm-hmm. to see people's reactions to it like like one like half the team will be like oh i love me a meat pie and the other the other mm-hmm. half team will be like i don't know how you can eat that in between games like i would <laughs> myself 
It's like they're like it's like cheap beef stew in a crust. <laughs> they're like, what the fuck are we eating? Uh, yeah, I, I it's it's seven a.m., dude. I, I don't want your yeah. I don't want your meat pie.